Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, we are only halfway through the week. we got a lot to go, including our Fish Fry Fridays, which start at St. Stephen's in South St. Louis in the Holly Hills area on Friday afternoon. We're going to do the roundtable live on Friday, and we're going to roll all these out here in the next few weeks. And I don't know the exact order because that's well above my pay grade. But what I can tell you is that we're going to go to Eureka. We're going to go to Baldwin. We have uh, Cottleville on the list. The the, la- the last Friday of March, Sue, yeah. which I believe is the uh, 23rd. If I'm going to make things up. I was looking at April. <laughs> it's the uh, 20, 24th no, it's or the, the 31st? 31st. The 31st. Okay. Uh, the, because it's the first week in April. I'm heading back out to my, uh, <laughs> my second home in the desert in Las Vegas that weekend. So I think we might skip that one. Okay. But we're going to do the 3rd, the 10th, the 17th, the 24th, and hopefully April 7th as well. Is Good Friday? Good Friday is the 14th, isn't it? Uh, hang on. It is, but okay. we'll um, we'll do at least one, two, three. That's four or five. Yeah, five fish fries, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, I know that Trisha is working on this, and we we may need one more location. So if anyone has uh, a favorite, they can let us know. But we've got most of these locked in right now, which okay. is going to be really cool. And you know, it's going to be fun to be out and about and, and see people. But the fish in particular, Saints, I, I know all these are good. They all think they're better than the next one. And the great news is they're all really good. But for years, Sharky, a.k.a. Greg Veneman, from St. Stephen's has brought me uh, fish fries on Fridays when they start them up. And, man, it's good. Really, really good. good. So, uh, George Gray will be there from The Price is Right in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll do the round table. We'll have Love a regular it. 4 o'clock hour. Jane's going to hang out. We'll do The Price is Wrong in the 5 o'clock hour. Fred suggested, now he was a birthday boy yesterday, Steve Butts, turned 46. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Yeah, 46. Well, I might have reversed those numbers. That's but anyway, Steve might be, you know, we're going to invite him to be on The Price is Wrong. 
Oh, that's going to be great. I think it would be awesome. Oh, I love it. Uh, Steve will be on the roundtable with Jane Duker and State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. I still have to practice that with Mary Elizabeth and with Nick Shore because I was so used to calling them state representatives. And then, yeah, it's going to be good to see George. Mama May's birthday is this week. That's why he's in town. So that will be a a lot of fun. Peter Marici is coming up a little bit later this hour. Peter is an economist, a columnist, and an emeritus business professor at the University of Maryland. He's been a guest for many, many years. Wrote a great column on a couple of different things, one on entitlement reform. But we we got into AI earlier this afternoon as well. And I know that he wrote about chat GPT, and I'll throw something at him a little bit later. We have an audio cut of the day as well. Hey, Sue, the other thing that's happening right now is the Murat trial is in closing arguments. I think they're going to wrap this tomorrow and then it might it might go to the jury before the weekend and i've watched i've I've said this many times and i'm someone who has sat through the entirety of murder trials you know you go back to the 1980s when i was a news reporter i sat in some fascinating trials and they're not all as interesting as you might think that they are because you got to go through all the particulars and the evidence and everything like that but I think we all get curious in moments like this, and this one has been rather fascinating, and it's, it sucked me in to a certain extent. From watching what I've watched, I think the guy's guilty, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think they've succeeded in planting reasonable doubt in all you need. I mean, if I'm on that jury, and again, it's not fair because I wasn't there for all the testimony, but if I'm on that jury, I'm probably thinking, man, maybe this guy didn't do it. Now, he did it. <laughs> okay. Right. OJ did it too. And and that was proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And that didn't stop the jury from coming back with a not guilty. What? So in this one, it wouldn't be shocking. What makes you say that? Did, was it his testimony that made you think, oh, maybe he didn't do yes. it? Like, okay. Yes, it was his testimony. Because yep. um, up until that point, I think I was pretty convinced. But he he's, he's a lawyer. And yeah. he's pretty good yeah. with words. And he presented. Now, he admitted that he was a liar. You know, he had an opioid addiction. But what you'll hear experts say, I think Phil said this. Phil Holloway has been awesome with our coverage. The prosecution somehow, and I don't think this was their plan, they made him more sympathetic to that jury. And and that now they visited the crime scene the, today. Yeah, how did that go? I heard the I prosecution know. was not thinking that was a good idea. The defense was all over it. So that's another thing that they thought was going to be a negative for the prosecution. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to turn out because you, you just juries are really hard to predict. I, I've talked about this before. I remember one case that I covered probably 88, 89. And this was in Columbia, Missouri. There was a place called Boone Tavern that was right next to the Boone County Courthouse. And you'd go, there weren't a lot of places back then to go grab a bite to eat quickly to go back into the courthouse. And it was right next door. And I remember, you know, even maybe, this might've been before cell phones, but telling people, this is going to take a while. And I'm sitting there at that restaurant and the attorneys were in there also getting some lunch or something. And all of a sudden I saw them I think it was oh, a pager. 80s. I think it was Sorry. a pager or yeah. something like that. And I noticed that they shuffled back. I'm like, I think this jury is in. And sure enough, they came in in like 45 minutes. I don't even think those guys got a chance to order their food or get their food. Has the defense done the, uh, maybe some other guy did it, defense at any point? Have they put forth anybody else who they think no. could have done it? That's no, and that's, and that's part of the problem. But I don't think they, it's not incumbent upon them to do that, really. Well, a lot of times they take that, sure. you know, because, well, oh, the police didn't look at anybody me, else. Let me say that again, though, because here they did have an expert the other day that pointed toward the possibility that there was a second shooter. Now we're talking. Yes. Okay, yes. but, that's interesting. But they, you know, and I, they've alluded to the second fact that shooter. this had to do with Paul's case. Wow. Paul was the son that was murdered with Maggie, his wife, and Paul was the one that was in the boating accident, was getting sued. I mean, this guy stole a lot of money from, I think, from his firm. 
but it's it's fascinating. And I don't know why we get interested in these things, but I'll admit that I have been. So that's in closing arguments, and we may have Phil Holloway again tomorrow to talk about that because it has grabbed uh, a little bit of attention out there. Let's talk politics. Uh, Josh Krasauer back with us, 971 Political Insider, senior political correspondent at Axios. You probably see him on Fox all the time. Josh, how are you? Welcome back. Good. Uh, I don't know about the weather in St. Louis, Mark. It's a nice, balmy 60 degrees in the nation's capital and uh, a lot going on in the world of politics and on Capitol Hill as well. Well, we've had good weather here, actually. Today is beautiful. we got some rain heading out, but we've, um, uh, you know, we didn't have, I don't know about you, we didn't have very much snow at all. Now, we could still get snow in March. Uh, you know, it's funny, and I didn't mention this yet today, but my friend in Las Vegas, um, my friend Rick Niner, who sometimes joins the show, he sent a video today from his backyard where the pool is located. It was snowing in Las Vegas today on March 1st. How about that? That's amazing. We, we haven't had a single inch of snow all, some, all winter long in in Washington. So, you know, fingers crossed, maybe a few more weeks left of winter, but, but that, that is uh, something we've had a hard time coming, coming so, by this year. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. Actually. Uh, we'll see how it holds out here for St. Louis as well. All right. So I, um, as you know, and maybe the audience and I'm not always the biggest Trump fan <laughs> because of the behavior. I think that the country is ready to move on. Uh, however, I, I opened up your piece this morning in Axios about Trump's February bump and uh, some of us were a little depressed. Now, I know I have Trump supporters in the audience, but these numbers, this polling is rather stunning to me. So I want you to kind of go through it and explain it. But, you know, Ron DeSantis is not in this race. Donald Trump is in the race right now. What did you find with a couple of different polls? Right, Josh? Yeah, four, four different high quality polls in the last week. Fox News poll, uh, Emerson poll, YouGov, uh, you, you know, which is an online pollster that's pretty solid. All of them had the same thing in common. They found Trump getting momentum within the Republican Party primary over the last month. And they showed Trump, by and large, competitive against Joe Biden in the general election matchups head to head. Now, this is a snapshot in time. There, there are three or four polls. That, you know, things are going to change when the campaign gets underway. But, you know, I think the message uh, I, I wrote about it in the piece, Mark, is that you underestimate Donald Trump yes. at your own risk. And yeah. when you're Nikki Haley, when you're Ron DeSantis, when you're any prospective Republican looking to run for president and you're not going after the front runner in the Republican primary field, you're not going to gain ground on the front runner in the Republican primary field. And look, I also think Trump had a nice little stretch where he uh, visited East Palestine, Ohio, after the train derailment, the chemical spill. And showed a little empathy that you don't often see much from the former right, president sure. and went to McDonald's. I remember when Bill Clinton went to McDonald's in the 92 campaign and that was made fun of on SNL. And it was sort of, I mean, Donald Trump had sort of that same uh, appeal. He talked to people, uh, you know, making the food and took some pictures and gave away some, some MAGA hats. And, you know, he, he had a, you know, more common touch than you usually see uh, at a Trump rally, at least. Uh, well, that will help election. him. I think, I think that that's probably something that's a positive. Now, in your column at Axios, you, you sort of bottom-lined it this way, and unfortunately I think you're right, that this campaign is feeling a lot like 2016 when the rivals assumed he would fade out with them doing nothing to stunt his momentum. That's right. I mean, I think, look, it's twofold. The reason you're not hearing Republicans directly go after Trump is – Partially because they know that most of the party still likes Trump. They do, you know, they, some people want to give him a gold watch and say we want a new, a new face for 2024. But, but most of the party, 80 percent or so, like view Trump favorably. So like going after Trump, they don't want to alienate the majority of the party. But the other reason 
is I, I, the, the notion that you hinted at, Mark, is that they, they assume that after having dinner at Mar-a-Lago with you know, anti-Semites and white nationalists, having a really dismal midterm election where his candidates fared across the board uh, very, very poorly, uh, whether it was sort of his, his behavior post-launch and, and not, not getting much attention and energy uh, in that campaign launch. I mean, I think there, there have been moments where it looks like Trump is you know, out for the count, and again, he is sort of the political Lazarus, where you know every time you think he's dead or, or losing out, you know, losing momentum, he comes back to life. And look, I I, I think that's something that Republicans in this race need to be aware of. That you, you can't just beat Trump by assuming he's going to automatically fade away. You're going to have to draw contrasts. You're going to have to attack. You're going to have to criticize. And well, and Ron DeSantis, who does have. Uh, a record that, that in some ways on COVID is more conservative than, than the former president. You know, he's not in the race yet, but he's going to yeah, have to right. draw those contrasts when he gets in. So do you, and let me play this. I don't know, is Jeff Rowe, who's been a big presence here as a consultant in Missouri politics, and I think he ran, did he run Yunkin's campaign out there in Virginia? He weighs in on this. Do you know if he's working for DeSantis, Josh, or not? Yeah, yeah I don't, he's been working for Glenn Youngkin. I mean, okay, that, for that, Youngkin. That, okay. So, but here's what he says. Listen. The reality is this is, a, this is a two-person race between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. I think it's going to be a small field because the money's not there. The debate stage rules will keep it very limited. Mm-hmm. You have to have a donor threshold. You have to have national polling. And there's simply no room for a, for a third or fourth or even fifth person in this race. I don't think Nikki Haley would like to hear that. But what do you think about that assessment? Yeah, you know, I, I agree somewhat. I, I don't agree fully. I, I do think that. You know, Nikki Haley does have an interesting opportunity that, let's say DeSantis does get in and Trump goes after him and DeSantis returns fire. You know, they're always in the rule, rules of number one rule of politics is when you have two guys going after each other, it opens up an opportunity for someone kind of running up the middle and having a, a more positive, more optimistic message. Uh, look, I think, I, I think the odds favor Trump or DeSantis. Certainly, they both eat up a, a huge chunk of the Republican primary vote right now. But look, that's what New Hampshire and Iowa are for. If you're if you're a good candidate that doesn't have the same profile, doesn't have the same 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 level of attention as the front runners, it gives you a chance to do well in these early states. And that's what Haley's doing right now, spending a lot of time in Iowa, in New Hampshire. You're going to see other candidates, whether it's you know Pence or Pompeo, perhaps Tim Scott. I, I spent some time with. In, in the in South Carolina a few weeks ago, um, you know, look, there, there is going to be an opportunity for someone else to shine. The question is who and how does this field develop and how 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 much do, do Trump and DeSantis go after each other? I saw a piece this week. I can't remember who wrote this, and I'm looking in my reading list on my iPad. I can't find it, but there was uh, an assessment or an analysis that said because I'm a big culture war guy on this ra- on this radio show, and I think it's important. DeSantis has weighed in on a lot of these issues. Do Republicans perhaps put too much? Emphasis on the culture wars? You know, look, I, I, I think the culture wars, when, when it affects your quality of life, right, when, when, you're, when it's talking about whether your kid's in school uh, during the pandemic, right, or whether, whether you're talking about you know, what your kid is learning in the curriculum that they're being taught in schools, that, that's a quality of life issue. And that's something that affects everyone, no matter what your, your political ideology is. Um, when you talk about things like maybe like transgender swimmers, um, that, that was an issue in some, some races this past year. When you talk about issues that, that you certainly have a hot take on but may not affect you on a day-to-day basis, I think that, you know, those, are, those are not quite as resonant. And I think the key for Republicans uh, and when they talk about culture war issues is to connect the, 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 whatever cultural issue is at play to the day-to-day quality of life, to their, 
themselves or their kids or their families. Uh, and I think a lot of these cultural issues do affect, you know, like parental parental rights, like what your kids are learning in school. Should they be exposed to, you know, some of this stuff at an elementary school level? Like the, those are very hot button issues, not because they're culture war issues, but because a lot, a lot of parents they affect people. Right. right. Have, but I think what Republicans often lose is that they forget to talk about the economy. They forget to talk about the bread and butter issues or that they'll pick some fight that may have be an 80-20 issue, but it doesn't affect a whole lot of people. It's just one of these things you debate on the cable news shows. And that's, you know, one of the one of the issues about, like, whether, you know, transgender swimmers are competing in the men's team or the girls' team or whatever. Like, that, that's an issue that I'm sure a lot of people agree with the, the conservative position on, but I don't think it really affects a whole lot of voters. And when, you're, when that's your dominant issue and that's all you're talking about on the campaign trail, you're not going to get a whole lot of inroads in, in your campaign. So on, on the other side of the equation, I, I know that there's really nothing new or nothing that is being decided, but obviously the president's being pressed a little bit by the media on his age and whether or not that's an issue. We know the New York Times piece. I think you and I even talked about that a few weeks ago when it came out about Kamala. But, you know, they, they have to figure some things out on their side as well, and the clock is ticking, isn't it? Yeah, look, I, I would be shocked if Biden does not at this point run for a second term, barring any surprise health issue. Uh, I, I think health and, and age are, are major vulnerabilities for the president. He, we've never had a president running for office in their 80s. Uh, he would be 86 at the end of a second term. You look at the polling, speaking of polling, you look at almost every poll out there, and, and majorities of Democrats are uncomfortable with Biden running uh, at his age for, for a second term. So these are challenges that, that Biden is going to have to deal with. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumps in, um, just, a, just an outsider, not, not someone who maybe is a household name, but someone might challenge, go to New Hampshire, try to try to challenge Biden and, and, and raise some of these issues. But uh, look, I, I think the, the, the known knowns of Biden's age trump the known unknowns of having him retire or step down and either having Kamala Harris as the de facto front runner, or this ugly ideological civil war between the left and the and the center, which we see all over, you know, these primaries these days. The Democrats, you know, they're lucky that they they, they had the benefit of incumbency, um, you know, in a lot of these races in 2022 because you know they had primaries pitting, pitting the left and the, and the and the middle. Their 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 own progressive and, and more extreme candidates would probably do quite well. So, you know, they, they want the, the, the known known who's, you know, known figure and incumbent and someone who's seen as a little bit more moderate and pragmatic rather than positive, either Kamala Harris or maybe even someone more to the left of her in a wide open Democratic fight. Come on, man. My age isn't an issue. Come on. Come on, man. That's what we're going to hear from the president into next year. It's a little early to start talking baseball, but we've had some games down there. And the one question that I think a lot of fans have right now, Josh, you and I, and for the audience that doesn't know, he's a Nationals fan. We talk baseball a lot. What are your thoughts on the new rules? I think that some of this is going to work itself out, but we've seen games end on a pitch clock violation and all kinds of crazy stuff right now. So I'm a traditionalist, as you probably know, Mark. Uh, you know, I, but I do think that the games, the pace of the games, and the style of the games were getting way too slow and, and out of control. And I, I, I've watched a little bit of spring training ball to kind of like the pace of these spring training games. But the, the, the worry I have is that you know, sometimes like you see in football, like at the end of the Super Bowl, where you know it was decided by a, a, a you know an iffy an iffy flag. I, I don't want to see a close game in the ninth inning 
being decided by someone stepping out of the box against the, the pitch clock and, and that being the, the thing that decides the game. Like, I, I hope that the umpires use a little discretion in terms of enforcement. Um, yes, in the first inning or, you know, and you know, the whole point of this is to get the game's pace to pick up. But I don't want this really to. I'm not with you. I'm with you. By the way, I'm with you on everything you just said, except I got to correct you on something. James Bradbury himself admitted it was a hold in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs (laughs) won because they were the better team. Come on. Come on, man. That's what I would say. Come on. Refs need to use judgment in the time and context of of when they're going to call a penalty. Yes, it was was, on, on paper. It was a it was a, foul, a flag, but you don't call that in the final minute of a Super Bowl. What it affects the end. When you're a Kansas I, City I think... Chiefs fan, you do. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. All right, Crosshour. Hey, great having you on. We're getting closer to real baseball. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Blondie here as we take you back in. 532 St. Louis is home for conservative talk. Kilmeade on the show tomorrow. A lot of times he's on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. This week, Brian Kilmeade on a Thursday. State Senate President of Missouri, Caleb Rodden tomorrow as well. And then again, a live Reardon Roundtable from St. Stephen's in Holly Hills. We're going to Fish Fry Friday starting this Friday. Steve Butts, who is a state rep from that particular neighborhood. I mean, it's in walking distance from his house. Jane will be with us and State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. We have a live Price is Wrong with George Gray from The Price is Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come see us and enjoy one of the best fish fries in St. Louis on Friday afternoon. Peter Marici is back with me this afternoon. I think it's been a little while since we've chatted. Economist, columnist, emeritus business professor at the University of Maryland. How are you, Peter? Welcome back. 
Oh, I'm fine. Thanks. Nice to be with you. We've talked, uh, I'm sure, about this issue of entitlement reform uh, many times. I I was talking about this in the last couple of weeks, just relating to some of the things that have been in the news. And I remember having these conversations back literally 20 years ago when Paul Ryan was a congressman. I got to know Paul when I was in Wisconsin. This was during that first Bush administration. And there there were some plans. And I've always felt, Peter, that Social Security in particular is something that we probably could fix without too much pain. But then we kick the can, we kick the can. We kick the can, and that's where we are right now, right? I think that's right. We're, we're looking at Social Security running out of money in 2032. Now, what that means is the trust fund is empty, and they pay benefits strictly on the basis of money that's coming in, which if, if the economy is not in a recession, that means people get 80% of the, their present benefits. If it is in a recession, they get less. Now, the Congress could turn around and, and try to finance it by borrowing, essentially by increasing the, the, the general fund deficit. Uh, but at that time, we're looking at a general fund deficit that's really quite large, uh, more like 7 or 8% of GDP, conservatively speaking. Now, 7 or 8% of GDP means that you're, you're borrowing more than the economy is growing. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're, you're getting to the point where it's like the guy who's borrowing to pay groceries, you know, or borrowing to to pay the interest on, on his loans and 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 the principal and, and to and to live and so forth. Um, we're getting to the point where the federal deficit is unmanageable, which is why dealing with uh, entitlements is so imperative. Uh, I, like, let's just abstract for a moment the fact that we're conservatives. Let's try to pretend that you know we're something else, or we're just neutral people that don't believe one way or another. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll help you out here. Something you say will, will trigger me and then I'll complain about it. How does that? That'll seem like I'm on the other side. OK, well, you don't really need to do <laughs> I'm that. Kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I get, abu- I get abused enough at the <laughs> University of Maryland. I'm sure you do. Uh, uh, but the thing is this, is that that the, de- the, the, the deficit really can only be resolved on the spending side now. Uh, because we probably have taxed the wealthy about as far as we can go without actually causing the economy to shrink. Uh, therefore, uh, we have to say, well, where does the federal money go? Well, two-thirds of the federal spending is on entitlements, Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare, and things like uh, the CHIPS and uh, Section 8 housing and on so forth. Yeah, you're saying 64% of federal spending is all that, right? Right. And then about another you know, 8% or so is the, is, is, is the Defense Department. And uh, excuse me, is, is and then there's the, the interest on the debt and debt so service, forth. right? Now the Republicans got basically bushwhacked, or I shouldn't say bushwhacked. They saw it coming at them. There was nothing. They just weren't very smart about it. Uh, McCarthy's kind of disappointing. Uh, he says, "Well, we're not going to touch entitlements. We'll get it out of the general fund." Uh, what's left after you take out the Pentagon, interest on the debt, and uh, the entitlements is a very small portion. It's like 15% or something. Inside that, you have things like the Federal Aviation Administration. Do you remember the the, the shutdown of, of, of flights in January for about a day? Of course. That was basically a computer failure. The, the systems they have for tracking planes, you know, the, the radar system, all that business, the flight control system, is operating on 90s technology. And it's not due to be updated until early in the next decade. Why? They're still operating on like the 2010 budget over there, a 2009 budget. 
mean, their, their budget hasn't been increased. And so they just don't have enough money because of inflation and so forth to make these changes. It's the same problem no matter where you go in government. For example, um, the, the IRS, you know, you, you, you call and you, you're on hold for two hours. It's not because the people at the IRS are nasty and bad people. They may be all those things, but there, there aren't enough nasty and bad people to answer the phone. Right, right. And so you really, if you're going to say you're going to get it someplace else in the government, show me. No, and we're you're, talking you're about right. a lot of show me because this year, this year, the deficit is going to be 5% of GDP, which is a lot. But, you know, come the end of the decade, it starts to get up to 7 8 9%. And that's under optimistic assumptions that nothing else goes. We get, don't have another pandemic. We don't have a war with Russia or what have you. So we're in a lot. We have to we have to address entitlements. Okay, but Peter, and I, and I don't we, see how you I, do that without I, touching Social Security. I, and I don't either. But here's the problem, and you're absolutely right about this. And this is one of the reasons I've been talking about entitlement reform for literally probably two and a half decades now, because I think it's important. And you, you can you could have done some things, I think, to to maybe stem the tide. But at this point, you just mentioned this: the Republicans aren't going to enter into this because they don't want to be primaried or to have ads that are showing granny thrown off the cliff like they did to Congressman Ryan. So where is there any hope that will ever solve these issues? And by the way, here's the uh, follow-up question would be, how would you fix Social Security? Because then you start talking about raising the retirement age or... Well, I don't, the, the, you only have three choices with Social Security. You know, one of them is to raise the tax. Uh, the other is to cut benefits. And the third is to raise the retirement age. Right. Now, you're not going to get away with cutting benefits. Now, let's talk about raising the taxes, raising the taxes. If you live in the state of New York and you uh, have your own business, you know, you're an entrepreneur of some kind, right. you already have, if you're, if you're in the upper income brackets, a tax rate with the city and state taxes of you know, over 50%. Now, if you put on top of that, you know, another 10.5% because we raised the cap on Social Security to, to no cap at all, all of a sudden these people are paying 60 and 65% of their income in taxes before they pay things like property taxes, sales taxes, the congestion tax, uh, the uh, paid family leave, set-aside money, and so on and so forth. They have lots of little taxes up there that you've really never heard of in St. Louis. And I hope that we're not giving the people in St. Louis any ideas oh, by mentioning probably them. probably are. Areas. Not on this audience, but, anyway, but yes, they'll, they'll grab them. Means, so what that means, though, is that right now people are leaving New York because they just raised taxes in the last two years. If you put this on top of them there, New York becomes – not viable for anybody with their own business. They're going to leave. You might as well put a going on a business sign on, on Gracie Mansion. I mean, basically, New York City becomes unviable. Un the same thing with the state of California, because it has very heavy taxes. Uh, so the only way you really can, you, you, you can do this is to raise the retirement age. Now, the retirement age was set in the 1930s when people weren't living nearly as long. But more importantly, the kind of work we do these days is such that we could work longer because most of us are working at a computer terminal of some kind or behind a microphone. Talk about an easy job. The physical damage to my body over the years sitting in an air-conditioning radio studio, Peter, you have no idea. 
You're, you're underestimating that, but yes. I do. I, I've actually hosted, I've hosted <laughs> talk shows, and I can't think, it, the only thing better than a host, you know, the only thing better than hosting a talk show is kind of like going, going to Sunday football game, because, you know, they are cold, I guess, you know. But, I mean, really, it's, it's a good job. Let's get, let's get, let's no, get real. I, well, as long as radio exists, you know, which I that's a question. I missed my calling. I really missed my calling. I was hosting here in Washington for a bit. And I said, why did I become a professor? The professors have to get up. They get chalk dust on their suits and so forth. But the producer brings you coffee, doesn't I know. she? It's great. Eat? Well, they, we, I, I don't know. drink Diet Coke. I drink Diet Coke. But look, if you're talking about now, a lot of these ideas when it comes to Social Security don't really affect people who are over the age of 50 who are nearing retirement. But if you're going to tell people, and this is why everyone reacts, look, I've paid into this my whole life. I was forced to pay in for it. I want to retire at age. So, I, you know, originally I thought it was 65. Well, now it's 67. You're entitled to the benefits you pay for. The thing is, we're getting more benefits than we do pay for. That's why the system's going bust. Which we're drawing the money's invested, not very well because the federal government does it, but it is invested. And the reality is, our investments cannot finance the level of benefits that it's paying us. For example, if the money that you paid in, right, yep, went into an IRA. And it was invested in government securities, which is what this, this stuff is invested in. And you, at 65, started drawing against it. You run out of money before you die. Instead, what we've been doing is taking money from the next generation yes. so you get yeah. paid until you die. The thing is, is that people have paid in because they're getting more than they paid in. Well, and, and it's yeah. around that. And it's complicated even further by the fact that people are living longer and that younger people are, are not working as much. So then it becomes really tricky, I think, for the future. So well, I don't that's know. That's another thing. Yeah. All these all these social benefits we create, you know, are and the, the, the fact that we're now going to make college free, you know, with Biden's student loan of course. reforms. I mean, you basically borrow the money, then after 10 years it's forgiven. And in the meantime, you don't have to make any payments anyway. That's a great <laughs> deal. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, uh, j- 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 just think of all the sophistry that's going to get doled out because of this stuff. But uh, young people are going to work later. They're working less. Older people like to pick on the millennials and the, uh, and the and the Xers and all the rest of that stuff and the Zs and the Qs and what have you. I lose track of all those letters. Yes, I do, too. The baby boomers, they're retiring earlier. So... Um, it's not it's not a viable situation. Americans want more out of the system than they're paying in. And what we're talking about is securing the system so it'll be there when they need it. So that's what we're talking about. What about Medicare? Because that becomes a whole heck of a lot more difficult and Social well, Security is difficult if enough. People work longer. If people work longer, you can raise the age at which people enter that system. Yeah, so have it have raise that to sixty. What would be the in your mind if the retirement age now is sixty seven? You raise it to seventy. Well, we'd have to at least be talking about raising it to seventy, and then in the indexing it for life expectancy from there. Now, you have to make other changes in society to accommodate this. There are people that do fiscal labor, fiscal labor, and so we need to talk about a re, you know basically at fifty, people get to take a year off, go to school. And learn something that isn't so physical so they can then continue working. We may have to have a program like that. One of the things we need to start to address as a society is that if people are going to have a very long work life, then sometime, say, two-thirds, half the way through, two-thirds of the way through, we're going to have to be talking about lane changes. 
And just as we kind of expect young people to go to school between 18 and 22 to learn to hate their parents and not listen to conservative talk radio, <laughs> we need we need to we to reach it again, reindoctrinate them at the age of 50 and tell them they're really not entitled to retire at 53 and get 30 years worth of benefits for paying in 30 years. But we're going to teach you how to do something else. Yeah, that's so, an interesting idea, and maybe one we should talk need, about more. You need to, yeah, we need to do that. And there, the thing is, these days you can retrain people to do new, new and interesting things in about six months without much problem. Now they don't get to read Chaucer, and they don't get subjected to some anthropology teacher teaching them that you know there really is no gender. It's something that just happened by accident to you at birth, and at the age of eighteen months, you'll vote and get changed. But, you know, if we're not going to have that crap going on, but we're just going to focus on training, you look at people, get very tangible here. Uh, Google and Amazon both have programs to retrain people. And this isn't for their employees. These people can go online and register. They, the courses are very cheap, in many cases free. Amazon has committed itself to retraining a couple of million people. Uh, and they'll help you get a job. There's lots of coding jobs and things out there. And lots of terminal type jobs that we can train people for in a very reasonable amount of time. Now, you don't get liberal arts with this. All right. You don't get to go to football games and stuff like that. But this can be done. And it's a matter of getting organized to do it, getting organized to do it. Right. And and, and it will help alleviate some of the labor shortages that we have. And, and that's a good thing, because let's face it, you know, I go down to Billy Martin's. Uh, you know, which is a local pub here in, 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 in northwest Washington. By the way, the TVA was drafted in the back room there <laughs> uh, and uh, by the New Dealers. And uh, Jack, supposedly John proposed to Jackie there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a very famous old restaurant. Uh, and, and it's cool because I go in there and they, they know me by name. So I sort of like feel like I'm, you know, Richard Nixon. Or so something. It's, it's not named but, after the think, Yankees manager, right? Hold on. What? It's no, not no, named this, after the Yankees manager. No, it's not, but there's been four <laughs> generations in a row of right. Billy Martin, the right. fourth now owns it. They, they, they went to Georgetown University, and the first Billy Martin played baseball for Georgetown University, not the New York Yankees. But the, the thing is, is this, I, I look at these guys. This is a relatively decent-paying restaurant. You know, the bill's there for a couple of 100 bucks for dinner. Uh, so you get a good tip. The guys that are on their feet that are 55 and 60 can't do it till the 70. No. It's not just the guy who's working on a construction site. So we have to be talking about, you know, things we can do for people like that. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I've, I've talked about these issues many times, and I don't even think I've had anyone ever propose that, and I think it is something we need. I don't, is anyone well, talking about that at the national level? Thought leaders from the University of Maryland. Maryland that's exactly right, Peter that's Marici. True. That's why we have you here. Unfortunately, thought leader on. this is called thought leadership. Unfortunately, I've gone too long, and I have to wrap my show in a few minutes, but that those are great ideas, and here's the sad part. I feel like you and I will be talking, if radio still exists, in 10 years, we'll hearken back to 2023, and we'll realize that nothing has changed, and we're screwed even more than we are right now. But, Peter, thank you so much. You have a great week. I appreciate it. Take care. He's a thought leader. Peter Marici, University of Maryland. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It felt like we had an amazing conversation earlier this afternoon. We kind of stumbled into a uh, conversation about prank phone calls with Alex Rich when he was here with Hayes. And Alex's story, you can use the rewind function, go back to about... 440 this afternoon on the Odyssey app, but the, you you saw this because I think you liked the uh, the tweet from Jill, who said so. Yes, Alex, I, did. I, I shared my story too. I got into trouble when I was a kid. The cops showed up because my friends and I, when we were 11 or 12 years old, we were calling somebody that just randomly, but the person that we randomly picked out of the phone book had a tracer because they were getting harassed by people. It wasn't us that was harassing no. them, but Alex actually was calling the same person yes. time and time again. So we were sharing that story, but Jill said. This is pretty brilliant. She said, high school, early 90s, pre-caller ID, call home right around curfew. Her dad answers, mad. She says, I got it, like she's on the other line, right? Genius! He thinks I'm in my room answering the phone, goes back to bed. I finally told him, Jill says, at his retirement party in 2007. I that love that. That is pretty good. Um, I don't have a lot of time for audio cut of the day, so I'm not even going to play the uh, the little intro there, but I will tell you that we'll do something musical here, and we're going to steal from you, Sue, for Sue's. It was 50 years ago today that Pink Floyd released The Dark Side of the Moon. We'll go out with this. It's sponsored by the Good Pete Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. We're here tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade on the show tomorrow and a whole lot more. Have a great night. Get more at 971talk.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.